Well, good morning and a happy Easter to you all. If you're part of our regular church family and you know me, I'm Andy, one of the team. You're very welcome. Perhaps you're skimming through YouTube and you found this church who claimed to have the answers in Jesus and you're just intrigued. Well, again, you're very welcome. And we hope and pray that you realise that this story 2000 years ago is as relevant today as it was back then. Or perhaps you're watching this just to humour a family member or a colleague or a neighbour who have asked you to watch it. And you haven't got an excuse right now because of the sports being cancelled or the travel being restricted. So you're watching it just out of guilt really well. Again, you're welcome. And we hope that as we understand how Jesus lived, died and rose again for me and for you, that that brings incredible hope, incredible reassurance, incredible excitement in this season. Because the reality is, isn't it, that this is a very unusual Easter. I don't know where you're at or what you're thinking, but the truth is, is that when we think back of Easter's past, I'm sure much of it's hindsight, but we look back fondly and remember all those barbecues and the restaurant visits and times with friends, times with family. We think about the four days where it's always hot, always sunny. And again, like I said, I'm sure part of it is our imagination as we think back fondly. But it seems to be the start of summer and it's always such a special time for so many of us. Four days off work for many people across our nation and it's just a fantastic time to pause, to still ourselves, regardless of being Christian or not, and spend time with friends or family, to have a bit of break from work and to posture ourselves really for this summer season. But obviously this year is very different, isn't it? This year we come to Easter in a very unique and unprecedented times. I know we get fed up of that term but it's a completely crazy time in history and we come with anxiety we come with concern we come worried about loved ones and if you've lost loved ones we are really sorry to hear that as a church we pray for you each week perhaps you have lost a job and again our heart breaks with you that's so tough to know perhaps you're concerned about how you get food on the table Maybe you're worried about the national government or the economy or the prisons or the school or the health systems. Perhaps you work for the NHS and you struggle to know what tomorrow holds and you're tired after long shifts and we're so grateful of what you do, but know that it's hard for you. Know that our prayers are coming your way. Many different thoughts and reflections in this Easter season, but it's definitely not business as usual. It's definitely not just a regular Easter And we hope this morning that as we look to Jesus, there'll be such a sense of peace and security and hope in a time that can look so bleak around us. Because when we think of the time where Easter began, the time where Jesus died on the cross, there's actually many parallels. For those of us who are Christians on Friday, we celebrated Good Friday, where Jesus died on a cross for our sins, for sins he did not commit a cruel and callous death and he wasn't deserved of it he lived a perfect life he lived to liberate he lived to love others and prefer others yet we put him on the cross because of the unjust society and i'm sure the disciples were in despair as he left how we cope it's bleak it's hard it's painful it's tough our savior our leader's gone the political system was unstable society at large was broken and challenging there were so many struggles back then And there's parallels today as we look to the hope in Easter. A scholar called N.T. Wright talks about the fact that in these seasons, it's okay to lament. It's not about having the answers. In history, there was a period of romanticism where the idea was that we would talk about how it's okay and make it positive and turn it around to be in a positive light. 
But that's not what we can say. I can't reassure you and say it's all going to be okay. I can't tell you what the future looks like. Nobody knows. And equally, there was a period called rationalism where we tried to rationalise things and say, well, this is going to be how things turn out. This is going to be how things unfold. But I can't do that. Nobody knows. Boris Johnson doesn't know. Nobody can give you the answers that perhaps you hope for. And if this season has taught us anything, it's the fact we really crave control. Control over our routine, control over our lifestyles, control over our finances, our friends and family. Control over how we live and how we care for ourselves, trusting and having security in our health system, in our government, and our economy. And of course, none of these things are necessarily bad, but it exposes how vulnerable we are. And our hope, our reassurance needs to come from something beyond the systems around us. And I want to suggest this morning, our hope needs to come from Jesus. As N.T. Wright says, it's okay to lament. It's okay to cry out to God with our pains and struggles. You might not be a Christian, but Jesus wants to hear your pain. He wants to hear you cry out with your struggles. But he also wants you to know such hope and reassurance as we turn to him. I went for my daily walk the other day and I was struck by this contrast of lament and challenge, but also such hope in Jesus. And I was walking along and I saw a school shut and I was reminded for the first time in history, I think, young people are gutted that school is closed. Then I went past the hospital and aware that people were dying on their own inside hospital. The NHS, uh, in unprecedented times, not aware or clear how they should operate, how they should proceed, but trying their best to serve us so well. Such hard times, they're doing long shifts, working long hours, not enough hospital beds, they're tired, they're weary. It's hard inside those hospitals, I'm very sure. I walked past a housing estate and some tower blocks and aware of all those people living inside those who were desperate, who were isolated, who were perhaps worried about getting food on the table, who were feeling lonely, exposed. Also aware this week of domestic violence being on the rise. That's not okay. And aware that in these houses I see domestic violence will be happening. Children will be going about school meals. Children will be going through hardship. This is a hard time for so many. Went past the golf club and the pubs and restaurants and realised that so much of what we value socially has been taken away. But then I went to a woods and heard some birds singing. Now, you need to realise that I'm not the sort of person who would normally talk about birds singing. I'd normally talk about the Premier League or football, but those kind of go-to illustrations have been taken away. (laughs) But when I heard the birds singing, I was reminded that through this time of challenge and pain and hardship, There was hope because the birds were singing. If you've done your reading online, you know that because pollution is lesser than it's been for years, the environment is stabilising. Because there's less noise and less disruption, animals are coming to the surface as birds are able to sing. We can hear them through the noise. The animals are able to be freer because of less pollution. And I think that's a sign of the Creator God, our Father in Heaven, saying, I'm still in control. I want to sing amongst you. I still want to be uh, within your grasp. Yes, there's stillness. Yes, there's the road to quieter. Yes, there's so little outside that seems to be business as usual. But I'm singing to you. I'm whispering to you. Are you listening? Are you out there listening to the God who wants to speak to us and he speaks through nature, 
but he wants to speak through his son, Jesus. He wants to whisper to you, say, this Easter Sunday, I'm there for you. I'm your hope. Are you willing to listen? This event 2,000 years ago literally changed everything. This morning when we listened to the still small voice, the song in our ear from Jesus saying, I love you, I care for you, there's hope because I rose from the dead, changes everything. Many of us can remember when JFK died. I'm not old enough, but I'm sure some of you are. Or Princess Diana dying, I can remember that vividly. Or perhaps you remember Greville Tower, I do, and just that tragic event, and you can remember exactly where you were. Or 9-11, these key moments in history. But as sad and difficult as those were, as sad and difficult as the situation is now, nothing compares to the moment in history 2,000 years ago where Jesus died and rose again and turned the world upside down. He came to restore his kingdom. He came to build his kingdom. He came to offer eternal hope for his followers. He came to forgive us of our sins. He came to conquer death. He came to say that if you follow me, the pain and suffering in this world is momentary, but you can live with me forevermore. The passage we read earlier isn't meant to be an academic description of what happens. It's not meant to be an apologetic of what happens. There's certain parts of it that stand up to that and reassure us. So the fact that it's for women who first went to see Jesus suggests that it was accurate description of what happened because Matthew, who wrote the gospel, would have been silly to describe how women went to see the, the empty tomb because actually women weren't valid and respected witnesses. They weren't trusted sources. So that increases the accuracy of his testimony. But it does also show that Jesus came to liberate women and came to give them equality. But alongside that, we see that when the disciples were sent from Galilee, that they passed on the message from person to person. And the fact that 2000 years ago, we're still talking about Jesus says that they must have been willing to die for something. Because if nothing happened, if this was just a made up event, then why would they kept passing on? Why would two billion people today be worshipping Jesus? There are facts in this story that suggest that Jesus is alive, suggest that this did happen, suggest that he did rise from again. The fact that the tomb was empty, the tomb stone was rolled away by the angels. I believe those events happen in history. I believe that this stands up to historical challenge, to factual challenge, to textual criticism. But I also believe that the incredible thing here is it gives us hope that Jesus is our saviour, our Lord, and wants a relationship with you and I. The stone was moved away not to allow Jesus to be free. It was moved away so that women could see that he was free, so that you and I could see that he's risen, that he's conquered death, that he offers eternal life. There's such hope in him when everything else seems broken and bleak and damaged. There's hope and reassurance and stability and trust and joy and peace in him. The stone was rolled away because the disciples were able to see Jesus firsthand as he went to meet with them. As we look at this passage, we realise that this angel was sitting on the stone. I'm not quite sure how that works, but the angel was on the stone just chilling out. But the soldiers were taken aback. They were aghast. They were struck back. These brutal soldiers we know they would have been the toughest of the tough to guard the tomb to make sure Jesus wasn't taken away his body wasn't stolen to make sure there was no conspiracy yet they were taken back they were thrown back by the peace of Jesus through these angels there 
these angels that show the power of God turning history on its head in that moment. And they were there dazzling white. They were there lightning, it says in this description, because there was holiness, there was power, there was beauty. And the moment that Jesus came for you and I. And then it says that they were afraid, but filled with joy. And if there was ever a phrase for us, it would be this, afraid, but filled with joy. Because we can come to God with our fears or anxiety, that's okay. But we can also know a deep joy that comes with knowing Jesus. And equally, our fear can look different. It's not about fear in circumstances. It can become a fear of reverence in God. Because as we turn to God, as the women were struck back by the fact that Jesus was taken from the throne, we would have jumped. We would have been like, I'm amazing. This is incredible. But how did this happen? This changes history. That's what's happened. They're just taken back. They're just completely blown away by what they've seen. Jesus rose from the dead so that we could have life after death, so that we could have a relationship with him. He's risen and he wants to meet with you and I. And I wonder, as I said earlier, in this time, if anything's happened in the same way that the birds are being heard by us as a sign of the groans of creation, I wonder if it's a signal of God saying, with all the noise and all the stillness and everything just coming to a standstill, with everything just being taken back, with everything being taken out of your control, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Are you open to allow me to speak to you? You might be watching, you've never heard of this Jesus fellow, but he wants to speak to you, but he doesn't force himself upon you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to turn to him with faith, not because you know all the answers, but because you trust in him and that will fill you with hope. We're vulnerable, we can't control the future, we don't know the future. But however we look to the future, we know there has to be some element of faith and trust in something. Because hope cannot be built on understanding or knowledge. It has to be built on a possibility. And that possibility for us who follow Jesus is faith in him. That no matter what we see around us, no matter how bleak things appear, no matter how broken and damaged things may look, no matter how many securities are taken away of us, our security and hope is in Jesus Christ who rose again for me and for you. And that invitation this morning is as relevant and appropriate for you as it's ever been are you opening to listening to him speak to you as nature allows birds to sing as they allow the creation to be restored we allow the creator to be speaking to us afresh in a powerful way he's whispering he's inviting you things have been stopped things have been shut down but he wants us to be open in this space in this place of a vacuum of noise and distraction he wants us to come to him and be open to what he wants to say are you willing to do that are you willing to open your hearts and your minds what we've read stands up to historical evidence but it has to change the heart we have to say god have your way in my life the paradox here is the more faith we put in Jesus, the less we need earthly because we have an immense sense of hope and security and trust in him. Not based on circumstances or job roles or family members or routine, it's based on him. I at the moment know many people 
testimonies we've heard, myself included, are people who have such trust and security and peace and stability, not on things around them, not on earthly things, but their hope is secure in Jesus because one day we meet him face to face and pain and suffering and hardship will cease to end. Are you willing to accept that invitation this morning? I'm going to pray for us in a moment, but even in your lounge where you're sitting, you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour for your first time. But also as a church, you can have what's called Alpha Courses, which are online discussion groups to discuss what it means to be a Christian, to be discuss what it means to, with no holes barred, what it means to follow Jesus. Now, I know you're all after more Zoom calls, but there's an opportunity there to engage with what it means for you to have the hope of Jesus in your life. We believe that Jesus is the hope for us as individuals, hope for us as a church and hope for us as a city and nation and a world. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for those watching, people I've never met before, they would know an incredible hope and peace and security and joy in you. That we'd put our faith in you when everything around us is collapsing, when everything around us is proving to be unstable, we'd put our hope and reassurance in you. Amen. God bless, guys.